Welcome to Dr. Zoe Today, where the topics are always real, raw, and relevant about love, sex, and relationships. Warning, do not listen to this show if you are sensitive to controversial issues or easily offended. Dr. Zoe and her guests are not to be held liable for any shock, pissing of the past, sudden desire of change, or uncontrollable laughter. Now, here's your host, Dr. Zoe. Hello, all my naughty ones, and welcome back to Dr. Zoe Today. Tonight's show is with someone who I've recently coined comedy's exhibitionist. You may know him from MTV's Guy Code, MTV's The Substitute, or his various guest appearances on a multitude of popular television shows. You can also check him out on the upcoming True TV's Hairjacked, which premieres October 27th. All I know is this big funny guy is naked a lot. Welcome to the show, John Gabers. Well, thank you for having me, <laughs> So are you baked, babe? Like, did you get baked out before the interview? <laughs> no, I know it's a stereotype of my online persona that I'm high all the time, but I am not currently baked because oh. I take interviews and press seriously. Oh, oh, really? So serious. Well, I'll tell Very you something that is serious. Person. Before we get started, it's your anniversary. Happy anniversary, man. You locked down a hottie. Yeah, why thank you. That's really funny that you know that. Yeah, I'm super Yeah, it was like all it was on your Facebook or something, dude. Like I saw yeah. it in the feed. So, yeah. I That's awesome though. My 3-year wedding anniversary. Congratulations. With my Congratulations. She is, she's very she's really hot too. Oh, she's yeah. You know the, I think Tina Fey coined the phrase like funny guys fuck above their station. <laughs> That's good too, but I'm telling you, if it was me, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing on our anniversary?" So she must be really supportive of your career, which is totally cool. Oh, she's she's totally cool, and she's That's super, awesome. Yeah, she's into it. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so tell my listeners where they can keep up with everything that you're doing on, like, social media and stuff. Okay, Dr. Zoe's listeners, you can pretty much keep up with me on my Twitter, at John Gabers, or Instagram, at Gabers Picks, or on the, if you're old-fashioned, just the World Wide Web, Gabers.com. That's also my Tumblr. <laughs> your Tumblr. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Your Tumblr is quite interesting. So how did this all come about? How did you get your start in comedy and comedy and acting? Um, well, I wanted to be an FBI agent and uh so I went away <laughs> to college as a biology major and I figured I'd work in like forensics or profiling mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And then after about like five days of work I was like five days of school, I was like, Fuck this. I can do like major in making TV And then I thought I was going to be a director For a while And then uh, people started find, Like I always thought I was funny I was always a class clown But I never thought you could like Translate that into something And it turns right. out you can Right So like what were you like as a little kid Did you like run around naked To get a rise out of people No I was a little <laughs> shyer than that I was always uh, I was never I was always funny And uh, I was Early developed intelligence wise, like I was super smart. early developed intelligence wise. Okay, so you're yeah, super not... smart. You're a super smart little kid. Right. I, I actually, I truly believe I was as smart as I am now when I was like ten. Wow. So everyone thought I was like the next coming of a genius, and I had like all this product. Like I thought I was going to be this genius. Then it turns out that uh, I just never got any smarter. I just happened to be smart first. Oh, gotcha. So I, I gotcha. never backed. I never backed it up with anything, but. When it first went down, everyone was like, "This kid's got potential," and then it turned out it's like, "Oh, he reached his potential at 10." So you were, so you were like a good kid. You weren't a hellraiser. I was a hellraiser in that I was a wise ass and like a partier, but I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't a, I was. My parents were super strict, so I wasn't like a punk. Well, I know in one of your, the episodes on Guy Code, you said you like watched porn while your mom was asleep in a room or some shit. Oh man, you really have done your research. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so is that true? Well, my parents had the Spice Channel in their room. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, your your mom and pops would be asleep, and you'd go in there and just kind of sneak. Uh, yeah. Or uh, or when they weren't home, I was definitely up there. But then when my mom would be asleep, I'd go up there and just watch a little porno. Good times. I hope yeah. you don't listen to this. <laughs> What's the craziest shenanigan you pulled, like, as a kid or a teenager? Ooh, I don't really know shenanigans. So you were like a good kid and you didn't get wild until later? Um, I don't even know if I ever, like, I mean, I got, I don't even know what 
wild means. I used to think I was wild. Then I, like, moved to New York City and Los Angeles and realized I was nothing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> who were some of your inspirations in comedy? Like, who are some of your personal inspirations? Oh, I mean, the the classics, you know, like Chris Farley, Will Ferrell. Those were, like, my favorites growing up. But I was always also a big uh, Monty Python fan. So I was always into those dudes. And Belushi, of course. And Yeah. And... And more recently, you know, um, I find, like, you know, Wes Anderson or, like, the more, like, uh, you know, this movie Clown. Like, lately there's been these, like, sort of more grounded comedy stuff that Mm -hmm. I've been into. But growing up it was, I know, like, every comedy, like, if it was on HBO in the summer in between the years, like, 94 and 2000, I know it by heart. (laughs) I tell me some of your favorite scenes in like in movies. Like, Do you have favorite? any like favorites? <laughs> well, um the to- the Tommy Boy scene where Tommy uh impresses the waitress, you know, uh when I just get so excited, I'm like Jojo, the idiot circus boy with his pretty little pen. I just wanna pet it and pet it and pet it until I tear its head off. Like <laughs> That uh, that whole scene, and when David Spade realizes, oh, you can sell things. Uh, that way. Okay, so that. like a few minutes ago, you're playing fucking coy with me and saying like, oh no, I'm pretty reserved and I'm pretty good guy, and like you ate a snake carcass in college. Is that right? Oh yeah, no, it wasn't a yeah, it was a dead snake. I I, I played rugby. In well, college. carcass is pretty much dead, babe. So like yeah, but what? So how did that happen? And how did it taste? Oh, uh, well, someone told me, someone, I overheard someone say, Gabrus will do it, and I didn't know what they were referring to, and I was like, hell yeah, I will. What is it? And they're like, we found a dead snake, someone should eat it. And I was like, I'm not eating that shit. Then someone's like, how about for 10 bucks? And I said, it's on. And I (laughs) ate it, and it was truly awful. It uh, tasted like a bleach-filled gusher, if you've ever had that candy gushers. It was like biting into that. And it squirted hot poison down my throat. Ew. Ew. Like, were you okay after that, or? No, I vomited a bunch and uh, uh, called my then-girlfriend to say, I ate a dead snake, aren't you proud? And it was more like, then she called her friend's mom, who was a doctor, to make sure I was going to live. <laughs> but that girlfriend was na- was is my now wife, so I didn't fuck up too bad. Oh, okay. So, like, before you got married, what were some of your best, like, pickup lines? Um, you know, like the the normal, I was like, I had a DVD player freshman year of college, which is like 2000, um, and they weren't that popular, especially amongst 18-year-old guys, Yeah. but I'd be like, I got Jaws on DVD, you want to come back and watch it? Or like, you know, I had like eight movies, <laughs> and I'd just get girls. Jaws, dude, and that would lure them in? <laughs> well, not Jaws, necessarily. I feel like they were already sort of uh, into me, and I would just use that as the conversation to get me there. Yeah. So what happened was I was a I was a fat kid my whole life, and then my senior year of high school I decided I want to become a beach lifeguard, and I spent the whole year getting in shape, and then I got the job that summer, and it's a super competitive job, and you have to you know run every day and swim every day, and I got super sh- jacked, and I got tan, mm-hmm. and then I went away to college where no one knew how nerdy I was. Oh, and I, and I had a so whole had and aim. I was just. And I was already the funny, funniest kid in my class, and now I'm like this funny dude who also happens to have a six-pack and play rugby and, you know, is muscular. So all of a sudden I was – and no one knew that I was like this – You had been a nerd, like a previous nerd. Yeah, no no one had no, – no one knew anything about me except – so I was not – I had no preconceived notions, and I just cleaned up for a couple of, couple of months in college, and that was really fun. Cool, cool. So you say that your persona is that you're high and baked all the time, but, I mean, be honest. What's, like, the most weed you smoked in, like, one sit-down session? <laughs> wait, wait. Well, I don't I wouldn't say <laughs> Don't be shy, Gabriel. I'm not being shy. I, would, I wouldn't say my persona is that. I would definitely say I am pro-marijuana use if people want to. I don't think it's any worse right. or better than drinking. I mean, I think right. it is healthier than drinking, but... People who drink and then, you know, have a disdain for the... Well, I mean, alcohol is addictive and it's a depressant. And then weed is more of a mental addiction and it's not a depressant. So, you know... Right, and no one one ever gets high and beats their wife or gets high and, you know... 
Yeah, um, kills people like, in their car. Yeah. yeah, it's like the only thing that like happens to me when I'm stoned and I'm driving is like I go really fucking slow, and then I'm just like, oh fuck, I need to step on the gas. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's like because I'm like zoning out. The sky looks so pretty today. I think I'll drive like 20 and a 45. Yeah, where normally you know I'm driving you know 75 and a 45, but that's another story. Okay, so what? So seriously, like sit-down session, like, what's the best smoke-out session you've had? Oh, you know, I, much like drinking and eating and everything in life, I am a overindulger. I am a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm truly built for consumption. I'm 300 pounds. <laughs> I, you know. I'm, I'm truly big, built for consumption. <laughs> I'm a big boy with a high tolerance, so I've always drank a lot or ate a lot or smoked. Anything I do, I do in, uh, in droves like okay so like i know you write for a lot of different shows and like i don't know i didn't do my research on this so please forgive me but like who do you write for and when you write typically do you get high before you write um i will uh like so i i I write my own you know stand-up material or whatever or for when i'm on guy code and stuff i'll write the jokes and uh my writing partner and i have sold a couple of pilots and I wrote for shows previously before I really got into acting, you know, for, like, different MTV and Spike and Comedy Central shows. So I've done a um, – and I – you know, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people are, like, productive stoners. I'm not one of those. Yeah, um, that's good that you're honest about it, though. That's cool. So, I'll like, do, you can't sit down and knock out, like, writing when you're high. Yeah, I'll do it if there's, like, less of a deadline because then I'll just have more fun doing it. Yeah. Um, but really, I get stoned recreationally, like people have cocktails. And then I also get stoned when I have to do, like, menial. T- like, if I have to do errands, I get high. That's, like, my favorite. <laughs> like, if I have to do laundry, dishes, and clean the apartment or organize something, I'll just get super high and know that it'll take me three times as long, but at least I won't hate it as much. All right. So, dude, you're totally naked, like, a lot. Like, you got naked pics out there, naked vlogs, you pulled your junk out on MTV's guy code. I mean, you mentioned you're a big dude and you're built for consumption, and you're totally comfortable in your own skin, which is awesome, because, like, here on Dr. Zoe Today and everything that I do, we're always, like, telling people just be your authentic self. So I think it's awesome that you're just, like, this dude, and you're just like, yeah, so what? Fuck you, I'm naked. That's awesome. But what's up with the nakedness? Well, first of all, it's, <laughs> if you look like me, it's funny when I'm naked. It's just always going to be funny. Yeah. Like, it'll always just get a laugh. Did if you just, I, like, strip down at a party one time and you got a great laugh, so then you were just like, fuck it, I'm going to be naked all the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, the in a nutshell, you're 100%, nutshell pun intended, you're 100% right. <laughs> I, in college, me and my buddies used to do a mangina parade where you, like, tuck your dick between your legs. Like, <laughs> You should totally do a stand-up comedy special, right? Because you're going to have your own, like, one-hour comedy special that, you know, everyone's going to buy and the DVD is going to be out there. You should do it, and you should totally just do it fucking naked, the whole thing. Like, do it naked. Just stand there and be naked. Or if if you're not comfortable being naked that long, just have, like, a sock over your junk or something. I think that'd be Oh, that I'm totally comfortable with. For a guy who's comfortable being naked, I really don't have much in the package area. Um, <laughs> well, well, wait, wait, wait. There's a picture out there where you were like photoshopped, correct? Right. Someone photoshopped a dick on a pixelated. Like I did a comedy video where yeah. we're out in the woods with dance belts on, and it's pixelated to look as if we're naked. And then somebody, I'm assuming one of my bear chaser fans, decided to photoshop a dick on it, and God did they endow me, and I am not complaining. Okay, Bear Hunter fans, what's up with that? So that's a big part of your fan base. Are these like explain that what that is to my listeners? Uh, so a bear is traditionally like an oversized gay guy or, or a big, hairy, bearded, broad-shouldered, <laughs> barrel-chested. But you're overweight. not hairy. You just have a beard, but you're not fucking hairy at all. Yeah, right. Are you? No, I have no body hair. It's like, okay. Yeah, like, I, I remember you mentioning that. It's on my face, my pubes, and, like, my butthole. That's about it. Thank Um, you for sharing. That's awesome. Just for the record, face, pubes, and butthole, hair, hairless everywhere else. So no chest hair, no back hair. But these are, like, mostly, like, bear is, like, a a hairy big guy, right? Right. But I think I, like, 
you know, I'm, I become some sort of uh, unicorn by the fact that I'm hairy <laughs> from the chest up and, like, from the neck up and, like, thick and broad-shouldered, but I have no body hair. It makes me, like, some kind of special hybrid mm. version. Oh, a special hybrid version of a bear. Okay, yeah. so, like, what's the craziest thing that's happened with one of these fans? Oh, I just have, like, a bunch of, you know, people just, they say crazy things. But I guess it's no, I mean, it's no crazier than what I'm assuming attractive female uh, artists or comedians or actors and uh, actresses or whatever get. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It just, or life coaches or business owners or radio talk radio show hosts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People can be crazy. But, like, what – so, all right, so I know there's this whole thing on your Tumblr where they're commenting and stuff. What was that all about? They were just, like, basically, oh, you can like – Oh, you can send, like, anonymous messages to someone's okay. Tumblr account, and I just might – apparently Tumblr is very populated by uh, the bear community. Uh, okay. And I just get a lot of, like, uh, are you gay? Tell me you're gay. Uh, we want to see the front fr- – because, like, there's a bunch of butt pictures out there. Uh, you know, a lot of shit like that. Um, I've got I've got no real uh, complaints about it. I find it nothing but flattering. Uh, okay, but nothing creepy's happened. Like no nobody's shown up like at your you know and like stalked you or anything like that. No, no, it's never it's never gotten to that. You're so lucky. I have to live in a gated community, like lockdown, like and very strict security because of crazy people. So you're lucky. So I'm glad. So you're you have fun with it. You embrace the bear community. Well, I, I'll just say, like, yeah, you have to live in a gated community. It is like the one time that it kind of sucks to be a hot blonde chick. <laughs> <laughs> Other yeah. than that, it's usually pretty good. But <laughs> All right, so tell me something that people don't know, like, about guy code. Like, for instance, you know, what happens behind the scenes? Well, it's, you know, um, it's a really, it's a fun show to do, and it's, like, tongue-in-cheek, especially especially for someone like me who's, in their 30s and married and never really was a player. I've always been sort of a monologist. Uh, monologist. Someone who gives monologues. Monologist. <laughs> monologist, sort of... psychologist. <laughs> Technically, I am a monologist. I'm a monologist, psychologist. Okay, so somebody who's basically, you've been monogamous. Yeah, I've been with my, my now wife for almost 12 years. That's so. crazy. And you're how old? I'm 32. I, uh, 32. I, so since you guys were, is she the same age as you? So since you guys were like 20. Yeah, the day after my 21st birthday, we started hooking up. We started hooking up or dating? Well, we were hooking respect. up because you don't oh, date when okay. you're in college. Oh, you gotcha, gotcha, up. gotcha. Okay, so but how did you guys, like, give my listeners some tips, because that's what this show is about, real, raw, relevant information about love, sex, and relationships. And we have fun and we're controversial, but we really want it to have a positive spin and encourage people to, like, keep their love life, like, you know, stay monogamous or keep their marriages spicy or their partnerships Tell my listeners some of your secrets to keeping this relationship good. Twelve years is a long time. Yeah, twelve years is a long time, and especially from like twenty to thirty-two. Yeah. Those are like very especially this day and age, John. You guys have a lot to be proud of. So, yeah. like, tips, dude. Tips. Well, this is a tip. I don't know. It worked for me. I, I can't promise to work for everyone else. Find the perfect woman. Like, I know that sounds like a cop out, <laughs> but. Uh, it was, like, sort of a no-brainer for me, you know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. she's way out of my league, super cool, and, um, like, understanding, you know? Yeah. not a, And I guess that goes both ways for dudes, try to be really attractive, really cool, and really understanding. Yeah. Um, you can get a lot of mileage out of just trying to see things from someone else's point of view. And, so, like, uh, communication, meeting halfway, or just kind of giving each other space, like, what would you say? I would say, like, uh, sort of a combination of the three things you just said. One thing that uh, my wife and I are really good with is just sort of understanding the pitfalls of, like, of being grown-ups. You know, like, she's never been the person that's like, what do you mean you're going out with your friends? Or, wait, we haven't hung out in three days. Or, how come I never, you know, we do miss each other and stuff like that, but we're both totally understanding of, like, we're going to be together for a while. If If you happen to work late two nights in a row, and then have friend stuff you want to do two nights in a row, we got it the rest of our lives, babe. You right, know, we, that's cool. And, and it sounds so minor, but it really does go so far just to understand, like, minor shit like that. 
Yeah. And that, it just she has her own career, too. I mean, it's not like your wife is, like, just like, oh, I'm home and I'm supporting my hubby. She's got her own shit to do, too. Like, she's got her own she's career doing her, her own, own hobbies. Thing. Her own yeah, thing. exactly. That's awesome. That's really cool. Tell me. I would say for for dudes and women alike, but for coming at it from a dude's point of view, definitely be wary of a woman or a man if we flip the genders or if you're gay and, you know, same gender. Be wary of a partner who doesn't have friends or hobbies outside of you. Yeah. Like if you're their link to a social life or a activities. <laughs> and it, 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 That's so laugh. true. That's but so a lot true. Of guys, a lot of guys or girls or people, you know, partners and couples will give up everything that they have about themselves and their identity becomes Zoe's boyfriend or Zoe's yeah, husband. Not Zoe. Not my, don't use me an example. But clients of mine, yes. So, and I see it happen to people over and over and over again. I'm sure it's happened with some of your own friends where they yeah. get involved with someone and it's just like okay that's it this is my 24 7 and that's all it's just all about this relationship and we're going to be together and block everybody out and then you know what sucks for people like that is then they want to like have some space like down the road so they go through like the beginning phase where like the sex is hot and the endorphins are flying and everything is just like oh my god we're so in love and the sex is great and then like six months in they're like oh I really want to do something with my friends. Oh, wait a second. I haven't talked to them in six months. You know what I mean? It's like and they cut everybody off from their life, and then they oh, can't. I 100% know what you mean. People it happens all identity. the time. And then and then there's, like, uh, bitterness and resentment in the relationship where you're like, yeah. where were you? Uh, how come I can't go with you? It's like, well, I want my own life. And that's another thing that my wife and I, I think another part of our success is, is that we're both super strong personalities, which, yeah. it, which is a double-edged sword. It leads to some issues. Yeah, but you're gonna bump issues, heads every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, but it's also it also means that we are upfront with each other, and I know like the other thing is too I know, like and this is a minor thing, but I can go to a party that's where my wife knows no one, or I can go to a party with her where I know no one, and she can leave me alone for two hours, or I can leave her alone for two hours. We won't we'll try not to do that, but if it happens, neither yeah. of us is upset. We can both make it work. Right, or and trust a, and trust. Like, dude, you can't do 12 years without trust. Oh, yeah, and that's a huge part of it. And yeah. you do have to, like, trust is not something you earn once, you get a stamp, and you have forever. <laughs> that's right. another thing I'll tell any uh, relationship newbies. Trust is a constant thing that you have to be earning. That's and, oh, and here, here, Here's my number one piece. Of, I've been working on this a little bit. This is my number one piece of relationship advice for people getting into a new relationship and who think it might last. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Lay oh the yeah. Ground, lay the groundwork now, and I don't mean consistency. Oh, like, I'm so glad you said that. This guy that I'm dating, he says that all the time. He's like, I'm Mr. Consistent. I'm going to be consistent in your life, and I'm like, yeah, and I want to believe him so bad. It's so cute. But yeah, I'm glad you said that. That's so true. Consistency, definitely. Yeah, and I don't even mean by being consistent in someone's life, even on a smaller scale. Yeah. If, if you're the but, type. Of Being open and honest, being consistent in that. Like, this is a big thing with guys, John. Big thing, okay? You start dating them, and they whip out the red carpet, and they're just wooing you, and they're getting you flowers and gifts, and they're just like, oh, I love you, and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, as soon as they get you, a lot of times it's like a a classic bait and switch. So they'll get you, and then as soon as they think that they got you, like, all that stuff goes out the window, which is not cool. So I, I always tell people, People, like, take your time. Don't rush it because you need to truly, like, test the character. And it goes the same way for women. Like, women are going to be like, oh, I love you, baby, and everything is fine. And then, like, if she's psycho, it doesn't come out right away. <laughs> like, any crazy lunatic can be on their best behavior for, like, the first three to six months of a relationship. you got to, like, take it further than that and just really take some time to get to know each other. Like, you guys were together for how many years before you got married? Yeah, we were together for like eight, eight or eight plus years before. We yeah, met. that's awesome. That's yeah, really we awesome. Back. We took three and a half years to move in together. We lived together with a friend for a couple of years, then we lived together just the two of us for a couple of years. And I'm not saying everyone has to take it that slow. We also were 20. If you start dating in your 30s, things move a little faster because right. you're, in, you're a grown up. But going back to the consistency thing, and I like what you said about yeah, dudes do the bait and switch where they treat you like gold. They treat you like gold. Mm-hmm. And then you get start date. Then you like 
get into six months, you're like, all right, are we going steady? <laughs> Boom, I become, and women do the same thing. I'm this cool laid-back chick. I'm this cool laid-back chick, cool laid, then six months in, it's like, actually, I just. Where are you? Talk. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Why did you call me? Who the fuck are you with? What bitch is there? Is that scrapes on your dick? Do you have a hickey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like, so I, I like to tell people in a new relationship, be consistent. Lay the right groundwork. Do not create a false standard for yourself. Like, yeah. if 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 you want to be, like, down the road, you imagine, oh, we could be together for a while, but I still got to hang out with my buddies. If you go out with a girl for six months and never hang out with your friends, which is possible, that happens. You get so enraptured, but then yeah. you're creating a false sense she's of gonna relationship. She's going to expect that. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, that. And, not, and it's not her fault. You hung out with her for six straight months. You right. built a habit. And that's like some like minor things like I don't answer my phone when I'm in front of other people. Like if I unless it's an important business call, I don't answer my phone if I'm sitting talking to my wife, no matter who it is. But that's awesome. That's but good. then she then she also knows if I'm with buddies and she calls my phone, I'm also not gonna answer. So it's right. not she's not gonna get mad at me for not calling because that's what I'm always like. And right. it's not you know, and it's that understanding thing. Like she's terrible at she's terrible at responding to texts and phone calls. And just because she's always been, it doesn't matter. You know, I I'm not I've not built up this false. You're sense. cool with it, right? Right, right, right and, right, think, right. and I think part of that, and this is something that I'm particularly good at, is just being confident and realistic about who you are. Exactly. Like you got to know who you are. No, you know what? I trust this person. I know that I'm the whole package, and they're not going to find anybody like me. So why worry? Right. You know, that's you the attitude put, to have. When you're in a relationship, you got to put your best version of yourself forward, but it's still got to be yourself. You can't. Right. Absolutely. It's just impossible to keep no, up. There's with. no. <laughs> exactly. There's like no way. Like. Uh, everything, every brand I have is all about encouraging people to be their authentic selves. And what I can't stand is fake people or people who are trying to put up a front or trying to be plastic or trying to, because how do they keep up with it? Why not just live free and be you and then fuck it? Like then you never have to lie. You never have to fake. You never have to be uncomfortable because you're just you. You know what I'm saying? So I totally, totally agree with you 100%. I'm 100% with you on that too. It's one of those things where it's like it's, the easiest lie or the easiest persona to maintain is just who you are. Yeah, now, like, exactly. So, like, when, when a, a guy It's not a lie. Dating, then it's not a lie. Right. When a buddy of mine starts da- dating a girl or vice versa, and I'm like, do you want to hang out with your boys? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, why don't you start just always once a week hanging out with your guy friends no matter what? Even if she's like, wait. But you're like, no, no, no. Thursdays, I always do something. And then yeah. Yeah. It can't be an issue down the line. I mean, she of course you can make it an issue, but then it's it's not like you're surprising her. You're like she's she's in the wrong, or vice versa with dudes. Girls, if you're like a jealous lunatic, be a jealous lunatic from the beginning. You know, people can handle that, but don't turn that around on year two. That's going to be right. very difficult for people to handle because it's that bait and switch. <laughs> no, I, and I it happened be- to me. I lived it. I totally lived it. I I married a guy, and he was awesome. I mean, I was completely happy. It was amazing. And here I was, already successful, already did, you know, high-profile clients, worked with Donald Trump, did all kinds of stuff already. So I thought I was the shit and already knew everything. Met this guy, fell in love with him. He wooed me. He was perfect. The sex was great. Everything was wonderful. He got down on bended knee with a beautiful five-carat diamond. I said yes. Four months later, we got married. Two weeks in, homie picks up my little dog, my little tiny dog, and slams it up against the wall. I call, I call my mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I got myself into. And it was just everything happened so quick, and I loved the guy. I married him, took his last name, was planning on spending the rest of my life with him, but it became, it was the first sign I knew. I knew two weeks into the marriage that it was a classic case of bait and switch, and I'm a smart girl. (laughs) I'm a smart girl. So if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. And the moral of the story is take your time, spend some years. Even if you're, like, totally in love and you think it's great, 
great. Like any psychotic, crazy person could be on their best behavior. I would say like six months to a year. you got to take some years and take some time. And I didn't. I married him within a year. And it ended up to be a really volatile situation. He didn't like what I did for a living. He wanted me to be his little trophy wife. And if it was up to him, he was going to lock me in the basement and that's it, you know, and just take me out as a little toy when he wanted me. And so it was a really tough situation. Thank goodness it didn't last very long. I got myself out of it and I'm doing phenomenal. But it was, it helped, adversity is always the greatest launching pad for success and it's helped me in everything that I do with my clients. So bait and switch, it happens. And John, I'm so proud of you that you took so much time with this little blonde hottie that you're married to. That's awesome. All right, tell me five. Wait, wait, wait. I I just want, I want to pile on to what what you're saying because I I love what you're saying. And going back one step, this might be a little more esoteric, but if someone doesn't like dogs, don't fuck, don't ever fuck them. No, it wasn't just about the dog. It wasn't the dog. It was the anger issue came out. Like oh, he, I, no, and I, I ended I up to find out that this dude was like totally bipolar. Everyone in his family history was bipolar. He wasn't um, diagnosed or took any medication, but like dude was crazy. Like it ended up being like we'd be driving and he'd jump out of the car when we were going like 50, 55 miles an hour. Like it just crazy stuff started happening, but that was the first crazy thing. It wasn't just I don't like dogs. I don't like – it was anger issues. It was yeah, I, total, I, I, know. I, yeah. I understand that. I wasn't speaking specifically to your. Yeah. I, no, I was, he was so he bought me the dog. He was so sweet. Like before that, he's the one that bought me the dog for like our six month anniversary. It was like this cute little Yorkie, little miniature Yorkie. And so I ended up like just to make sure the dog was safe. Like I, I gave the dog to someone. But you know that's a long story. But yeah, it's crazy. People are out there, and so you got to be so careful, like who you end up trying to make a relationship work with. Definitely. So congrats to you that you got it going. All right, I want to ask you five random facts about you that people don't know. Wait, that's the question? You want me to list five facts? Yeah, five random facts about you that people don't know. Okay, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much all out there, but I'm going to try to guess maybe five facts that people might not know about me, just in case, because I'm okay. pretty, pretty up front. I was captain of my high school swim team. <laughs> not a lot of people would not a lot of people would know that about me. <laughs> I did okay. football and rugby, but I don't look like a swimmer, but I was captain of my high school swim team. Wow. I um I can do a handstand freestanding. Uh I'm the probably one of the few three hundred pound dudes that can do a handstand. That's cool. I was in the gay straight alliance as a club in high school in this would have been nineteen ninety nine. And it was only three people in the club, two gay guys and me, <laughs> a straight male, a jock, more or less. <laughs> so why, why did you do that? I don't know. People, someone asked me that the other day. It was like, I, don't had a, I, don't, I never had any gay relatives or even gay close friends growing up. Now, having been in theater for a long time, I have a ton of close gay friends. Yeah. You know, I, I lived in New York City for... Okay, uh, so that's like three. Give me some more, like two more random facts about you. Two more random facts about me. I am a, this might not be so random, but I'm a diehard fantasy nerd. I, I read, I devour fantasy novels and play a shit ton of Dungeons and Dragons. That might be, <laughs> okay. um, that might be a little more well-known. And my beard is fake. Bullshit. No, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, my beard is 100% for real. Um, what is a fact people might not know about me? Um, I don't know. I, What's your I'm, favorite food? What do you like to eat? Oh, meat. <laughs> <laughs> Just meat. Yeah. Any kind of meat. All kinds of meat. You know, and to me, chicken and turkey, those are vegetables. I like meat. <laughs> meat, meat okay. All right. Every drug that you've done that you're willing to admit. Um, well, I haven't really done much. I'm, uh, you know, kind of, I do a lot of pot and, uh, do a lot of pot. I just sounded like an ant. Um, and I, you know, I've dabbled in some other stuff and, uh, but I've always been like, and I hesitate to use the term legendary, but I've always been sort of a legendary drinker. Since I was 13, I was like out drinking. Damn, are you serious? Yeah. I started drinking. Yeah, I drank half a bottle of Absolute Citron at a bar mitzvah in seventh grade and 
didn't die. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So do you still drink like that? You're still like you're still drinking like crazy. Yeah, I don't drink like I party. Yeah. I don't really drink. Like I'll have a couple of cocktails every now and then, but I'm not the type of guy that like you, you know, my wife likes that every day or anything. My wife likes to have a glass of wine, which is not really drinking. She likes to have a glass of wine every day. I'm not even I, – I don't have beer every day. Uh, right. Um, so you also, just go out and party, and when you do go out and party, you're like, fuck you, dude, I'm going to drink you under the table, basically. I'm I'm indestructible. <laughs> <what I> like. <laughs> okay. All right, so current projects. So Hair Jacked is getting ready to premiere soon. What's up with that? Okay, yeah, that premieres October 27th at 8 p.m. on True TV, and that's two episodes a week for eight weeks, uh, hopefully more. Who knows? If people watch it, maybe it'll be more than eight weeks. Awesome. And then there's some movie that you worked on, too, recently. What's that all about? Yeah, I've got a couple of movies. That I've, uh, a movie that I have a small part in called Flock of Dudes that's coming out in the next uh, year or so, and then a movie that I have a bigger part in called uh, Fourth Man Out, which is coming out in the next year or so. Um, and that's the, a movie about four blue-collar friends who one of them comes out of the closet and how they all handle it. Cool. And it's a comedy and it's a drama, but I really just think that they approach the way dudes would handle um, a friend coming out as gay. I think they approach it in an interesting, like, realistic way, so I find that really fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to answer your questions with John Gabris. All right. Hit that commercial. Enjoy. Shouldn't the product you use in your private parts be organic? Introducing Sex Butter by Dr. Zoe, a healthy, organic, and even edible vaginal and penis lubricant. Naturally enhances sexual pleasure, promotes arousal and orgasm, is antifungal and antibacterial, and smells delicious. Can be used with a partner or alone. <gasps> Purchase your sex butter by Dr. Zoe and the Dr. Zoe Today app or at drzoetoday.com. That's D R Z O E T O D A Y.com. Everything is better with the butter. Okay, if you have a question about love, sex, or relationships, and you'd like to have me and my guest answer it, you can go to the Ask Dr. Zoe tab. It's right on the homepage of the app for all you people that are stoners. You just click on the Ask Dr. Zoe tab, and you can submit your questions there, or you can go to drzoetoday.com. All right, Gabriel, you ready to answer some of these questions? We get some crazy ones sometimes, so let's see what we got. You ready? I can handle it. Okay, let's go. Mike, I'm a senior in high school, and I have a really hot calculus teacher. She's always bending over my desk so I can see her cleavage and picking up stuff off the floor to show me her ass. She winks at me in the halls, and she always licks her lips when she talks to me. To be totally honest, I want to fuck the shit out of her. So my question is, is it wrong to have sex with your teacher? I am 18. What do you say? What was this dude's name, Mike? (laughs) Yeah. Mike. Welcome to the club of dudes who want to fuck their teachers. The population <laughs> of that club is every single dude that ever went to school. <laughs> the question is, should he fuck her or not? He's 18, so he feel. I think what it is, Mike, is that you feel like because you're 18 years old, it's okay. But it's really not appropriate. But because you're 18, I guess it's not. It's not illegal. She probably would get in trouble. Oh, but- I bet. I bet it's illegal by, like, school standards. Right, Why exactly. Don't you just say, if you're 18 and still in high school, that means ideally you're in your last year. Yeah. Just wait until you graduate and then hit her up. Um, just so you know, uh, women don't always bend over your desk just to show you cleavage. It might be to help you learn. She doesn't <laughs> bend over your ass. She might be just picking stuff up, and you might be sexualizing her. It's not her fault for being attractive. Um, he said that she winks at him in the hall and licks her lips when she talks to him, though. Okay, that's a lot. And I wonder how, yeah, hey, that's fucking awesome. Just beat off into it until graduation, okay? <laughs> All right, sounds Real- good. Sounds, I, I say I agree with you about waiting until he graduates and then head her up. And if it's, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Okay, anonymous, someone anonymous writes in and says, my boyfriend, who I do love, just told me that he has to watch porn to get off. I always wondered why when we have sex he has to finish himself off by jerking it. We have great sex, so I don't really get it. He says it's not me. It's just what he's that he's been watching porn for so many years, and that's what he's used 
to. I'm really not cool with this. It makes me feel like something is wrong with me. What now? What would you say? Okay, Anonymous, here's what I'd say to you, babe. I understand. First of all, it's not you. It's clearly not. He said it's him. But if it's really uncomfortable with, for you, like it's not something you enjoy, you've got to say something. This yeah. is, you know, you got to try. Why don't I understand everyone has their sexual proclivities, but why don't you give him an opportunity to try to do it without and do your best to help out? Maybe the maybe the in between ground or the 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 heading in the right direction move is try watching porno with him. Um, try be like, all right, let's have sex, and when you want to finish yourself off to porno. I'd like to be there, or I'd like to aid you in finishing while we watch pornography together. And then slowly but surely, just if, if you truly don't want pornography to be a part of your relationship, which I understand, it's an, it's an okay, natural hobby and uh, thing for dudes to do, but if you're against it, it's a, the final say is with you, dude. So see, if, see what you can do. See if you can get them slowly uh, weaned off of it. If weaned you off of it, right. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, or just find another boyfriend. <laughs> you know, if you if you love him, that's cool and everything. But and definitely, I agree with what Gaber said. It's not you, and this is a really common problem in today's society because porn is so accessible and everything. And if you're really not uncomfortable with it, then you got to face it. And if you can't wean him off of it, and you're not uncomfortable with it, um, you know, I'd move on. If you already know you're not comfortable with that, but if you love him and you want to try to make it work, go for it. I agree with what Gaber said. Good advice, Gabers. All right, Steve writes in. He put, my girlfriend started working at a Christian organization, and I think they are brainwashing her. She wants to stop having sex because she feels guilty and is saying we need to wait until marriage. She's always been really sexual, and I'm going to freak out if I don't get laid soon. How do I unbrainwash her from this nonsense? Um, well, I will say I – Subjectively, it does sound like nonsense, and clearly you consider it nonsense as well. But I don't think it's nonsense to a lot of people, so let's not throw that term around. Just while we disagree fundamentally with their beliefs, that doesn't right. mean it's nonsense. So I wouldn't want them calling my idea of premarital sex nonsense either. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't, I don't think it's a matter of breaking this. I think, again, now I understand the impulse to ask a love advice show this question, but I think the question, the person you really need to ask is your partner. Yeah, or yourself. Like, um, if she started working for a Christian organization and she feels convicted, and I grew up Christian, so I totally understand, like, how it is. And, you know, if she feels that's her conviction now, I think you need to ask yourself if you're willing to, and it doesn't sound like it, since you're saying that you're going to freak out if you don't get laid soon. So I wouldn't pressure her to change her newfound faith or beliefs. I would rather ask myself if you're willing to deal with it. Like, you know, because you want her to be free to be who she is, right? Right. You want her to be free who she is, but let her know that sex is an important part of relationships in your mind. Maybe, right. she, maybe she can convince you otherwise. Maybe there's a common ground between the two because it, it is hard to get someone um, to drop their current belief system on your behalf. You, you know, it's a two-way street, and all you need to do is have that discussion, and if both parties aren't uh, on the same page, it sounds like the answer is yeah. in front of you. Communication, communication, communication. Marissa writes in, she put, I did a little snooping around my fiancé's apartment and found an entire dresser drawer full of weed, bowls, pipes, bongs. I mean, like a lot. <laughs> We've smoked maybe two or three times together in two and a half years. We've been together. I had no idea that it was a regular thing for him, and by the looks of it, of how much stock, quote-unquote, he must smoke, like, constantly. If I can't even tell that he's been high our entire relationship, will I really like him when he's not high? <laughs> so she's basically, I think what Marissa is trying to say is that she found a bunch of uh, paraphernalia and weed in her fiancé's drawers, and shame on you, Marissa, for snooping, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. And now she's wondering if he's been high the entire relationship, if she's going to like him when he's not high. Now, here's my question. It's fiancé? Is that what you said? Marissa. Marissa. Oh, I thought you said that. Uh, yeah, was... yeah, yeah. It's her fiancé. Well, if you got to this point without knowing, that's a <laughs> lot. Like, you know, maybe... 
There are people who are truly functional stoners. You yeah, know? of course. Yeah. It sounds like this dude might be if he proposed to you and you were into it. <laughs> like he yeah. got far. <laughs> now, and if and if Marissa finds it to be a true issue, um, why not? Like my wife will sometimes say to me, and I'm totally understanding. Uh, John, don't get stoned tonight. Let's just hang out and talk. You know, I don't like it when you're stoned all the time. And I totally get that. You might not think you're being different, but it matters to some people, you know. So bring that up with him. Uh, and also, if you haven't noticed at this point, he might be just a very good at being high. And uh, if you've only gotten high a couple of times together in the last two and a half years and you're not 100% against it, I, the, a couple that smokes together stays together. Trust me. <laughs> I say just let him stay high. I mean, if he obviously, you've been with him two and a half years, you know, you love this guy, you're engaged to him, so what if he smokes a little bit more than what you know? I say just, you know, keep going with it. Don't make a huge deal about it. Okay, somebody hey, more. Uh, wait, let, me just, let me just tag on that. As long as he's not purposefully hiding it from you. Right, that's true, too, because he that would be a have... form of dishonesty, right. And for and for him, too. So he shouldn't have to live life hiding a big part of his life from you, and you shouldn't have to live with someone who's hiding something from you. That's true. As long as it's not act like maybe you're just not noticing it. Um, if you've lived together or you're engaged and you don't know how much, maybe he doesn't smoke that much, he just has a lot because it's not something you throw out. It's drugs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay, stressed writes in. I fucked up with the girl that I love. We broke up about a month ago. I'm dating this really hot chick just to make her jealous. And it's working. I think my ex wants me back. The problem is the dumb hot girl that I'm currently dating thinks she's pregnant. Should I dump her anyway? No, dude. You can't, you can't like, back out on that. If you got this girl pregnant, you need to find out, like, what your options are and make the best choices that you both agree on. And, no, you can't just, like, back out of your responsibilities. I don't think you just turn your back on the dumb hot girl and say, I'm out. you got to man up, wait, man up to your responsibilities. But I don't think that it's going to keep you from being with your ex if you guys want to get back together because you can't, like, act like you want to be in this relationship with this other girl you were just using. But, like, this is a problem, guys. Wrap it up. You guys out there that are listening that are so fucking stupid and you get yourself in situations like this, I hear about it every day. Some guy getting some chick pregnant. Thank God you're not catching anything else except baby's mamas. But, I mean, really, come on, just wrap it up. Do something. Like, be proactive in making sure you're not you know, creating, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it drives me crazy. But what would you say, John? What would you say? I would say, for starters, fuck you, stressed. You should not refer to a woman who's willing to sleep with you as the hot, dumb girl, okay? She is, that is a awful thing to call someone, even if she is stupid as fuck and hot as fuck. If you're, if she's gracing you with her vagina, you should treat her with... <laughs> Especially if she's potentially the mother of a fucking child of yours. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. And also, don't date someone just to make your ex jealous. If you really were still hung up on your ex, don't move on just yet. But I will say, if it is working, talk to this new, as you call her, I'll just say hot girl. You know, keep just the compliments in there. I will tell hot girl, hey, look, let's discuss. Let's get a test. Show me the test and what do you want to do about it? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Let me know, and let's make a choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Okay, Randall writes in, I'm a freshman in college. I started dating this girl basically because she gave me good head right from the jump. She's pretty cool, and I like her personality, but she's more of a hindrance in my life than anything. Every time I try to break up with her, she begs and pleads and tells me she can't live without me, and then I get that good head again. <laughs> Please help. I need this crazy bitch out of my life. Okay, another one that's like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I would say, Randall, 
Um, yeah, you can't just if she's you put that she's nothing but a hindrance in your life, and then every time she break you try to break up with her, she says she can't live without you. First of all, anybody that's that codependent has some serious issues, and you should just stop getting head from her. Um, that would be my advice. If you can wean yourself, you know, from I think that a lot of girls like that they might use you know the sexual stuff as a tool just to keep you lured in, and um, if it's nothing. But a hindrance in your life, and you know, cut her off. You gotta, you gotta be the man and cut her off, and tell her in a nice way, hey, you know, it's been great, it's been fun, but I need to move on. Well, stop getting head. Exactly, exactly. Stop letting her give you head, because that's how, that's what's happening. He's like, we fight, she begs and pleads, and then I get that good head again. So oh, yeah. we, we both me, agree. Listen to, yeah, I agree with you, but I also want to let Randall know if he's listening. Randall, you can't call a woman a crazy bitch if. You let her put your genitals in her mouth, and then when she, <laughs> if she fights to stay with you, if she fights to stay with you, it's because she has feelings towards you. She's not a crazy bitch, and she might think you like her because she constantly she has. She begs and pleads and says, "I she can't live without me." Yeah. Anybody says, I can't live without you. You can't leave me. I love you. Please. Oh, I'm going to suck your dick now. It's going to feel so good. Everything's going to be okay, baby. We're okay, right, bae? I love you, bae. Oh, good, good, girl. And she's sucking his dick. I mean, come on. It's just a tool that she's using to keep you lured in. Cut the bitch off. Stop getting your dick sucked by her. And move on and tell her that you need to move on. I don't feel sorry for her one bit. I don't. Because anybody that sucks dick and says she can't live without somebody, I mean, something, something's not right there. I'm sorry, Gabriel. I love you, but, you know, man. But how do you, how do you not know she truly has feelings for him and she unfortunately believes the only way she can I can't live without is you is somebody who's codependent. So basically what we always teach people on the show is that if, in order to be in a relationship that's healthy, you have to be self-sustained. You have to be like if you take two glasses of water, right, and you have an empty, half-empty glass of water, it represents representing one person that has a lot of needs and the other person is a full glass of water. That person that is self-sustained, is self-confident, already knows who they are, um, is evolved as a person, is constantly pouring into the other person that's really codependent and has needs and then they become depleted and it just is like very draining and depleted and it causes drama and everything. Best thing to do is for each person to know who they are, be self-confident, be self-sustained and then go into a long-term relationship or a relationship that's going to last and be healthy. Like you mentioned that you and your wife are both really independent and you understand each other. You give each other space. You can go to a party and not be around each other for several hours, and it's cool. You're both cool. Like, that's healthy. Like, a lot of this this stuff, this codependent stuff, and I need you and I can't live without you, I'm going to die without you, that's cray-cray. That's crazy stuff. <laughs> You're, and you're 100% right. And you're only feeding the beast, literally, if you're giving her... Um, yeah, uh, if you're giving her the D in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Philip, we got a couple more questions, then we're going to wrap it up. All right, Philip says, I'm a gay man. I'm actually in a committed relationship with another man. My boyfriend could care less about me hanging out with women, but he hates... No, okay. Yeah, but he hates when I'm hanging out with other men. The funny thing is, I think I've fallen in love with one of my female friends. It's hard for me to even understand, but I don't think I want to be gay anymore. Have you ever heard about anything like this happening, Dr. Zoe? No. Honestly, Philip, it's usually the other way around. Usually it's a straight guy that figures out that he's gay. Um, but I, again, my answer would be to live your authentic truth. You can't live a lie. If you're attracted to this woman and you think you fall in love with her, you need to be honest with your partner and you need to be authentic. Because just like Gabrus and I were talking about, if you live a lie, then you got to keep, it's the snowball effect. You got to keep appearances up. You got to keep living that lie. What would you say, Gabrus? You also got to be honest with this girl too, because she might not have feelings for you, knowing that full well that you are a gay guy as well. So just make sure you're upfront with both her and your partner. Right. And I feel like you know, se- uh, sexuality is more fluid now than it's ever been before. And with the acceptance of homosexuality, we're all like, whether we're born this way or not, we're n- we just know it's all okay. So I think a lot of people are just learning who they really are. And yeah, you know. Some people like brunettes their whole life, and then all of a sudden flip to blondes. I don't see. <laughs> yeah, I find true. that much of a difference. Like if you those switch those brunette and blonde with penis and vagina. 
Yeah, that's that's a great example. That's a really good example. <laughs> Brooke, my best friend is smart, but she acts like an airhead around guys on purpose because she says that guys aren't attracted to women with brains. I would disagree right there. I'm sick of seeing her act like an idiot, and I disagree with her. What do you think, Dr. Zoe? Brooke, I am with you. I think that she has a point because some guys are really drawn to airheads because men want to feel like these, you know, the the hero and the warrior and the and the hunter, and they want to feel like they're men. So when you're just, like, kind of flipping your hair and you're just like, oh, yeah, and you're giggling and stuff, it's really attractive to men. So I could understand why she does it, but I also think that that there's a lot of guys out there that are past that shit and they're evolved and they want a woman that's hot and has a brain in her head. So I agree with you, Brooke. What would you say? Well, if I truly want to fuck a girl's brains out, she's got to have brains. (laughs) (laughs) In order for me to, I mean, that's the most misogynistic way to phrase that. But, you know, um, I want, like, who doesn't find brains attractive? I understand a lot of guys are insecure with their own intelligence or their own, and they have this desire to be an alpha male. So it's very helpful to have, like, a doting woman who is, uh, oh, is that how cars work? But uh, (laughs) it's going to be way more fun in the long run if you just have a woman. There's a lot of guys that are attracted to that. And I think that it's an initial attraction and maybe more of a a sexual hookup thing. But then in the long term, it's like, what are you going to talk to an airhead about? So it's funny that her friend is really smart, but she's just acting like an airhead. So, yeah, definitely, I agree with you, Brooke. You're 100% correct. All right, Anonymous. Wait, hold on, wait, one more thing. I don't want to stereotype too much, but I thought you have Brooke's friend acted less like an airhead and acted more like in her intelligent self, she might meet a whole new flock of dudes, exactly. a whole new set of guys that might appeal to her even more than the yeah. type of guys that are attracted. She's going to attract a better, a better quality guy. Or at least just, dude that will challenge her more, you know, and yeah. be, be on her level. That's one of the most exciting things about my wife is that she's super smart, and just as, as she is smart, she's feisty, and we go toe-to-toe all the time. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, another anonymous person jerk, uh, wrote in. I said jerked off because that's what all I see is jerk off, jerk off, jerk off, jerk off. Okay, this is our that's last question. Yeah, this is all I see on this question, and this is our last question of the night. I can't stop jerking off. I jerk off in the morning shower. I jerk off in my car on the way to work. I jerk off in the bathroom at work. I jerk off during my lunch hour again in my car. I jerk off on the way home while I look at people in traffic, and then every night at least three more times. I say I don't have time for a relationship, but the truth is I would just rather jerk off than deal with the bullshit drama of a relationship. I know I need to stop jerking off so much, what should I do? Wow. This is like a, this is a true. I jerk off in the shower. Traffic while looking at people in traffic. No wonder you wrote in anonymously. Okay, so what would you say to Mr. Jerkoff Man? Well, I think it's, a, this is not, this is not as funny as we're letting on. This is like a, that's a true addiction. If I'm sorry, I think it's fucking hilarious. But yeah, it is a true addiction. That's true. This is, this is a true addiction. This is, if it's affecting your social life, you don't have the desire to meet women, or you don't have the desire to do anything. If you're jerking off in your lunch hour at work or on your way into out of work, which is also <laughs> illegal, not that I'm against illegal activities, but you're, do, you're, you're really good. Is it illegal to jerk off in your car if nobody sees you? I don't well, think I mean, so. if nobody sees you, that's I've masturbated in my car in a parking lot or whatever. I think I've masturbated driving home sometimes. It's not illegal if no one sees you. So. Right, but if you're doing it to and from work every day. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, this is crazy. I can't stop jerking off. He, it, The whole thing is just jerk off, jerk off, jerk off. So, yeah. Okay, definitely you have an addiction. Um, I get your point about not wanting to deal with relationships and you rather masturbate, but you're obviously obsessed with it. Um, yeah, yeah, not exactly. only. It's taking it too far. Yeah, not only that, but it's not healthy for you to give out all that semen. It's really, if you look into it and you do the research, yes, it's it's like okay if it was like twice a day, but if you do the research because it prevents uh, prostate cancer and things like that, but if you do the research and you're jerking off that much, what's going to happen is you're, you know, say you want to have a kid later. I mean, it's really going to affect you. I would seriously check into what it's doing to you on a medical scale and then um, definitely with the social life, like if you're just constantly jerking it 
it off, but you have a job, I would just really like try to get out there and be a little social. It's not necessarily you have to be in a relationship, but get out there and do some stuff and stop playing with yourself like all the time because like the other one that wrote in that her guy has to jerk off to get off, like what happens when you do down the road want to meet somebody, want to be with somebody, and then you can't get off because you're so desensitized from your hand. That's not healthy. So, yeah, it isn't, it isn't really funny, but it is funny in a way. Well, I, like, I think this dude should see a mental health professional, someone who's good with, like, helping you break, uh, like, bad habits, because it sounds like you need to get that down to once or twice a day and not, like, in public or stuff like that. Right, exactly. Well, that's all we have time for tonight. I'm going to stop the music for a second. John. Yo. Tell everybody where they can check you out once again. You can check me out <laughs> at John Gabris on Twitter, at Gabris Picks on Instagram, or Gabris.com or Gabris.tumblr.com, or on Hairjacked on True TV starting October 27th. The Woohoo! New season of Guy Code coming out in the new year. And awesome. 2015, uh, the film Fourth Man Out. Check me out. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for having me. 